Are you ready for some football and other sports? We'll talk about it on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. Is everybody ready for the Mind Dog The Magnificent Show? Start the clock! And welcome, my friends, to yet another episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napo. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here, as always. We're going to talk about sports tonight. And sports radio and and the state of sports radio and the state of sports in the era of uh, COVID-19, which really should be updated by now. It should be COVID-20 since it's, oh, it started a year behind. Uh, it should be up to COVID-20 by now, but whatever, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that kind of stuff. And as you know, if you if you listen to this program, you're definitely aware of uh, the fact that I uh, voluntarily gave up sports in uh, September of 2008 uh, due to bad <laughs> bad temper problems and it was controlling too much of my life so hopefully my guest will be really patient with me and trying to get back acquainted with it and if you have any comments or questions out there uh feel free to participate uh and so it should be an interesting conversation before i bring him in uh, i need to talk briefly about my sponsors my show is tonight is brought to you by MyBookie.com. MyBookie.com is one of the most popular and trusted brands in the online gambling community. Its sportsbook offers an incredible variety of sports from American staples such as football and and basketball to international sports such as KBO, rugby, and cricket. It even offers wagers on entertainment and politics and simulated sports video games such as Madden 21 and NBA 2K21. If you're looking for a line on your favorite uh, TV show, you can most certainly find it at mybookie.com. And here's the thing. I want to know what the hell you're betting on on TV shows. I just I can't figure that out for the life of me. I sure would love to know. Write to me at info at mindogtv.com and let me know what the hell you're betting on on TV shows. Uh, I will just say this. If you are betting on television shows, you might have a gambling problem, my friend. You might have. Anyway, uh, who's, who am I to discourage you from <laughs> patronizing my sponsors? Anyway, uh, my bookies casino options are as plentiful as the sports books. There are 27 different table games such as blackjack and roulette and almost 300 unique slot options, 77 of which are 3D. You can even play live table games and video poker. The link is in the description. You go to mybookie.com and uh, use the promo code MINDDOG. And what's going to happen when you use that promo code MINDDOG is you're going to get a special match deposit offer. So if you uh, uh, want to bet, and say you want to start small and you want to just uh, start with 10 <laughs> betting $10. You put that $10 in and it automatically becomes $20, which to play with right up to $1,000. So $1,000 will become $2,000. Match your uh, deposit offer for first time uh, uh, visitors from this program using the link uh, mybookie.com and the promo code MINDDOG. So that's a great offer from my mybookie.com. If you're a gambler and like to bet on the sports, as I, as they say, uh, check out mybookie.com and use the link in the description and the promo code MINDDOG. Now, my program tonight is also brought to you by audiobooksnow.com uh, and audiobooksnow.com. Gee, what might they sell? Hey, could it be audiobooks? Probably with a name like that. And I don't have to uh, tell you about the convenience of audiobooks. You know all about how, how convenient audiobooks are in uh, life and uh, how they make um, consuming books, consuming them, that as in eating them, but 
reading them, uh, a very convenient thing. You can listen while you're driving. You know all about that stuff. I don't have to go through all that stuff. Uh, but uh, you can get audiobooks just about anywhere on the web. So why audiobooksnow.com? Well, the answer is simple. Price point, price point, price point. Audiobooks Now Club Pricing Plan is simply the best deal on audiobooks you'll find. It offers a savings and flexibility not found anywhere else with their save on everything discounts, rollovers, exclusive offers, loyalty program, incredible selection, and cancel anytime policy. It simply cannot be beat. Plus, get a free premium audiobook on select titles. And if you click the link in the description tonight, uh, you'll get a 30-day free trial of the club pricing plan, which is normally $4.99 a month, absolutely free for uh, to try for 30 days. If you're not happy at any time during that 30-day uh, period, you just cancel and you won't be charged a penny. It's a great deal. Audiobooksnow.com. Link is in the description. I do appreciate you patronizing my sponsors. Now, as I mentioned, tonight is all about sports, 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 sports. And what a, a, a good thing. Uh, perfect timing for sports with everything that's going on in the world you know uh used to be if you wanted to start a fight you you talk about sports <laughs> but lately it's more uh certainly politics and a little bit of religion and sports has become a safe topic to talk about so we're going to learn a little bit about uh sports and the, the state of the uh of all sports tonight as far as uh you know what's going on in the world of sports and my guest tonight uh malcolm roberts is the host of the talking of talking sports which can be found on www.realityradio101.com every tuesday night from 9 30 p.m till 10 30 p.m ladies and gentlemen please open your ears open your minds and uh help me welcome in malcolm roberts to the mind dog tv podcast malcolm welcome hi there how are you guys doing it, we're doing pretty good, I think. Uh, I mean, with all the crap that's going on down here in the states, you're in Toronto. I should have mentioned that in the in yeah. the intro. Uh, so that the show is on every Tuesday night, nine thirty p.m. till ten thirty p.m. Eastern time uh, in mm -hmm. Toronto. Now, what happens after that? Is it archived? Can people go back and listen? Is it, it can it be found anywhere else, like a podcast? Uh, yes. Yeah. So what is transpiring now, we're working on developing uh, uh, some things. We have a website. If you want to check that out, it is talking-sports.com. There we, we are building our archive system. Um, so all the radio shows are saved. They'll be archived on the website in the near future, as well as on YouTube as well. So there's going to be a variety of forms that you can listen to the show on. There's going to be SoundCloud. We're working on Spotify as well. Um, so things are coming to the forefront really, really fast. Pretty cool. Now, I have to start here with you. Uh, reading in your bio somewhere, I read that you grew up a wrestling fan, a professional wrestling fan. And so uh, the, the question I have, and I have great respect for the athletes in professional wrestling, but is it a sport or is it an entertainment? Oh, that's a tricky question. Uh, I feel like half say is a sport and half the fans will say it is entertainment. Uh, I look at it as a perfect blend of both. I feel like that's why I fell in love with it. Um, uh, a lot of people may not know this about me, but I'm also an actor as well, an inspiring actor as well. So uh, I found uh, professional wrestling, preferably the WWE, to be a, a combination of both athleticism and entertainment. Uh, and I like to call it the perfect blend because you can get some real great things in professional wrestling. Right, I had Tommy Lister. Are you aware of who Tommy Lister is? Uh, he was, uh, D uh, I think, Devo is was his name. He was in the movie Fridays, but he was also he was a professional wrestler. Yeah, 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 I do know. Yeah. <laughs> I do know. He, he just yeah, passed. Yeah, he just passed away recently. But I, I kind of put that question to him too because, um, again, it's not to denigrate what they do. The I 
completely and i agree with you it is it is uh as much entertainment as it is athleticism and all that stuff but i think uh for me when i think about sports i i don't think about predetermined outcomes like it should always be uh you know let the best man win and and most most of the time in wrestling it's a predetermined outcome at least that's what it looks like and there is there's some you know Obviously, if a guy's 325 pounds of sheer muscle was stomping on your head, you would not, no matter how big you are, you're not going to walk away from that. <laughs> that's, that's 100% factual. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> professional wrestling is predetermined. Uh, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't known that. At the time when I watched it, I was no older than I, well, I watched it up until maybe about, yeah, but for a while, the uh, whole predetermined wasn't thing that I had known about, but as soon as I did know, I was like, okay, this is more entertainment than it is uh, sport. Cool. Okay. Uh, so I think we cleared that up. I don't want to, and you know, I, I know I'm going to get some hate mail from that from wrestling fans because, uh, <laughs> you know, John Stossel, I still remember John Stossel. You're probably too, too young to remember this, but Do- John Stossel was a reporter on ABC and he asked uh, Dr. Dave or something, whatever, one, one of these big uh, wrestling events that if it was phony or not, and the guys knocked them down and uh, gave him a concussion and that whole bit. So I don't want that happening to me. Ooh, yeah, uh, no, that's not good. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, the next part of uh, your interesting journey here now, because I find this fascinating. You're in Toronto. Have you, ever, have you ever lived in the States at all or spent any time in the States? I've spent some time in the States. I have some family that live in uh, the States and Chicago, and uh, I've visited Buffalo quite a few times, but uh, I feel like that's the the, uh, extent of my tour in the States. Right. So you were a Giants fan, New York Giants fan. Now, uh, I would think that being in Toronto, if you had to... If you had to pick a football team, I would think you would pick the Buffalo Bills. Uh, What was the attraction to the Giants, New York Giants? (laughs) Uh, the, the Giants were everything, at least at the time where I found the Giants, they were everything that I wanted to be. They were uh, hardworking, no nonsense. They wanted to achieve things with their passion and their grit to get to the final destination. And I just, I, I fell in love with that style of football. I fell in love with defensive style of football. And the Giants at the time where I started watching, they were the epitome of that. And ever since then, I've just, I've loved Big Blue. Right. So, uh, are you still are you still a huge Giant fan? Oh, one hundred percent. That'll never change. And what was the era you're talking about when you kind of uh, became a Giant fan? I was uh, I became a Giants fan around the 2007 year. Uh, I know that Michael Strahan was dominating the NFL around that time, so uh, I became a Giants fan. Now I'm like uh, 14 years in, so it's getting it's getting up there. But yeah, these guys are my guys. Right, so that's almost around the time, right after the first uh, Super Bowl against New England, which was 2008, mm-hmm. and, and that, was, uh, that was around the time where uh, I had my, my blow-up. Uh, my blow-up was over a Mets, you know, baseball game in, the, in oh, okay. September. Uh, but uh, that, that's around the time. I think that was the last Super Bowl I watched, like, faithfully. I did watch the second time they played New England a little bit. Yeah, I kind of betrayed myself uh, and went back to sports just for that one night a little bit. 
Oh, but, hey, if you pick a night, that's the night to go. Yeah. I became a Giant fan in the 1960s uh, when Fran, Tar- Fran Tarkington and uh, <laughs> people like Y.A. Tittle were, were quarterbacks for the Giants. So uh, they always had that uh, hardworking kind of uh, underdog mentality. We have to work mm-hmm. harder for it, that whole, whole thing. I've always loved the Giants. So uh, this year, it looked like they might go to the playoffs, even with a losing record. What happened? Oh, boy, what happened? Uh, well, first off, I want to commend the New York football Giants. They did a tremendous job. Uh, Dave Gettleman, Joe Judge, they put their uh, their, their, their foot forward and, and really went out there and built a really good football team, especially on the defensive side of the football. Uh, a lot of credit to Patrick Graham as well. Um, what happened in the end, Daniel Jones got hurt. Uh, he wasn't the same after that injury. He came back against the Cardinals, and he just didn't look the same. We struggled in that one. Uh, Baltimore kind of ran all over us. The same thing with Cleveland. And then we ultimately pulled off the win against the Cowboys at the end of the season. But at that point, the damage was done. The Washington football team had already taken uh, hold of the NFC East, and the rest is history. The Washington football team. Now, t- talk to me about that. They're not called the Redskins anymore, right? Because of the oh, whole yeah. racial stuff. So, do, do they have a name, or is it always going to be the Washington football team? They're working on a name. I know that uh, prior to the start of the season, they were going through a list of names. I know that they have not come to a decision on a name. I believe that decision will come prior to the beginning of the next season coming. So maybe we'll see a, a new name for the Washington football team. But for right now, that's, that's the extent of it. That's all the information that's available. How about the Washington crooked uh, politicians? <laughs> I like, that's a good name. That's a good name. <laughs> Uh, well, I would think it would be appropriate anyway. Um, no. <laughs> so uh, with the football season, I mean, what, before we go get off the Giants, Danny Jones' uh, um, uh, injury, do you think it will be a uh, it will have a long-term effect and in, in carry over into next season, or is it just uh, is he over it? Is he, is he going to get better and, and improve and get back to normal or not? I think, I think he's going to be okay. I believe it was a hamstring in- injury, if my memory serves me correctly. I feel like he's going to have the offseason to really uh, rehab and, and get stronger and then be able to handle the grind of a 16, well, now 17-game regular season. Um, I feel like the Giants may have a chance to do some to make some noise, especially having a high draft pick uh, moving forward. Who knows if the Giants will even stick with Daniel Jones as the quarterback moving forward. Uh, I think they're picking 11th in the draft. I don't want to put out any too much – uh, uh, rumors or speculation on that, but there are a lot of quarterbacks available in this draft. Maybe a Trey Lance goes to a New York, maybe a, a Mac Jones. We have no idea. Yeah, and what, what are the price tags like now for uh, when you when you sign this? Let's say, and I know the Giants aren't picking number one, but let's say a first round draft pick, draft pick. What kind of money are we talking about? They they're making these days. I think it's a four-year. You're looking somewhere between a first round, first overall pick. You're looking somewhere between four years, thirty to fifty million dollars, depending on uh, uh, quarterback. If it's quarterback, odds are you're getting about fifty million dollars. It's just the price tag for quarterback um, with a fifth-year option. So basically, what happens in that final year in the fifth-year option is that quarterback will get picked up, or whatever the first-round pick will get picked up, and they'll be. Uh, paid as one of the top players in their position at that time. So whatever the cap range is for a particular position, I feel like the NFL is the only real sport that has those particular position average salaries. So it can kind of vary, but you're looking anywhere between 30 to 50 million. 
Well, here, here's what's confusing me now, and because revenues forever, we were told, were tied to attendance. Now, with, with COVID happening, obviously, uh, attendance <laughs> was not paying the bills, so but they, they're still able to draw in these massive amounts of money where people can get $50 million a year. Um, uh, so, sorry, so, I can't quite hear you. Oh, can you hear me now? No. Hold on one second. Hello? Can you hear me now? No? Hello? Hello? You can't hear me? You can't hear me? Uh, let's see. Nope. Try reconnecting. If you can try reconnecting. Uh, let me see if I can put this in the uh, chat room here. <laughs> I don't know what happened here. Uh Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Sorry about that. Okay. All right. We're back. Okay. So uh, what I was saying, you know, the economics of the game, it really doesn't seem to be a, a, have been affected by COVID all that much, which is surprising considering uh, what it did to the attendance. So well, is all the money generated from television? Is that where it's coming from? Because something's got to be paying the bills, right? Yeah, you're 100% right. Uh, majority of the money is coming from television revenue. Uh, I know that the past week was uh, the wild card weekend. I know they were advertising it as super wild card weekend. They're getting more um, uh, TV providers interested in, in airing the football game. So that's how they're going to try to make up the cap for the uh, loss in attendance. Um, but yeah, majority of the money does come from TV revenue and then the, uh, the, the money that comes from the actual attendance of the game uh, would, I guess, be dispersed amongst the, uh, the staff of some sort. I'm not entirely sure how that works, but I do know that I think, I think it's about a 75-25% split between TV and attendance revenue. Is that sustainable for another year or so if they have to, go, if they have to do that? I mean, and, and to carry the league and not... Uh, and I guess it goes for all sports. I mean, across the board. But the idea of being able to do that long term, if if they still haven't by next year uh, cleared the way for you know full stadiums and stuff. Yeah, no, I think it's one hundred percent sustainable. The only question becomes how much will the players uh, have to suffer? How much will the players and the coaches and all the people uh, a part of the organizations have to suffer? Because there'll be tremendous. Uh, pay decreases for all of these guys because um, I know that right now the NFL is talking about a cap hit uh, going down by I think it's about $20 million. So already these players are starting to see the effects of what is uh, transpiring with the COVID-19 pandemic. Eventually it'll trickle down to the, uh, the coaches and then obviously the front offices as well. And we'll start to see a lot uh, smaller checks for those players and coaches and front office personnel. Right. Uh, and the guys who are really suffering the most, uh, are obviously those millionaires, if they have, if they have to go from 50 million to 35 million, that's not as bad as the guys who are, who run the uh, concessions at the stadium that's who right. went for, from $40,000 a year to nothing a year or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, that's devastating. And I, I really feel for those people, I don't know what the, what the answer is, how those people are still supposed to survive now. I mean, that, most of those people do it every year, year after year. Uh, they start when they're very young, and when they're my age is when they give it up. So mm -hmm. uh, it's a it's an unusual thing. Now, um, with with that said, let's let's talk about uh, the playoffs that, as they are right now, and see if you. Uh, well, let's start with the uh, NFC, I guess. Uh, 
Um, Rams versus Packers. Well, who do you like? Oh, that's that's the toughest matchup. I was talking about this last night on the show. The toughest matchup to predict is the Rams versus the Packers. I love Aaron Rodgers. 48 touchdowns is no joke. Um, Devontae Adams, league leading, 18 touchdowns. Them two right there, best duo in the NFL. Uh, the Packers have a really good defense, but the Rams defense is the best in the National Football League. They have a monster named Aaron Donald rushing the passer uh, uh, constantly. I know he's coming off of an injury against the Seahawks, but He's still such a force defensively that you can never really know how you're going to contain him. Not to mention Jalen Ramsey, arguably the best quarterback in football. I know he only had one pick this season, but you can't throw on the guy. You don't even throw his side because you know if you do, you're in trouble. So I'm going to go with the Packers only because Aaron Rodgers has got a special arm and Devontae Adams, that connection is lethal. But I would would be mindful of an upset. The Rams could take it. And if they do, I think they're going to the Super Bowl. How much does the experience count? Uh, because obviously Rodgers has been there before. Um, uh, so how much how much does that play into it? Knowing knowing what to expect in a, in a championship game because the Super Bowl is a friggin' circus, right? I mean, yeah. if you haven't been there before, I, I actually have uh, worked a Super Bowl a couple of times uh, on the doing the Super Bowl parties for rigging the entertainment and, and running the sound and lights and all that stuff. So I know what kind of a circus it can be. I can imagine for a young quarterback, especially first time there, it could it could totally rock his world and not know uh and throw him off his game so how much does that that favor uh rogers in that in that game i love aaron Rodgers in this in this light because yeah he does have a ton of playoff experience you can just look back uh the packers have been in and out of the playoffs uh since rogers has taken over as starting quarterback i feel like they've only missed the playoffs a handful of times um, but let's, let's keep in mind that that defense too, and the Rams side, Aaron Donald, he, he was just in the Super Bowl two years ago, right? Like these guys have been there before this defense has been there before. So I don't know how much more experience Rogers has more than these guys. Um, they've made deep playoff pushes before. Um, I, I love this matchup. I feel like it can go either way, but I feel like, I feel like that edge goes to Aaron Rodgers, even though Sean McVay has a coaching advantage over Matt LaFleur in the playoffs. So. Uh, yeah, I, I, experience means a lot, but it goes on both sides, I guess, is what I'm trying to say here. Okay. Uh, you know, and as I mentioned, I really don't follow things at all anymore. <laughs> but on Twitter um, the other day, they were, you know, the Steelers and, and Browns game, uh, uh, They, I couldn't help but notice every time something happened. And uh, But when I looked at the final score, I had to say, did, do either of those teams have any defense at all? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a really high-scoring game. Uh, in fact, both of them actually have pretty decent defenses. Neither one of them could stop the other, which is uh, uh, pretty hilarious and, and, and interesting in that light. Um, the Steelers, however, their defense did play much better despite losing the football game and giving up almost 50 points. Uh, the offense did manage to turn the football over four times in like the first quarter, I believe it was, and that resulted in a 28 to nothing uh, first-quarter advantage for Cleveland. Um, but I think after that, the defense started to pick it up. They couldn't really stop the run, but you can't really stop Cleveland's rushing attack. But uh, I like the, I like the Steelers' defense. They did suffer some injuries, so it was they were. It looked like they were at about half strength. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. It was a high scoring game. <laughs> 
his injuries the cause of the because uh, you know I, again I'm not following it but just hearing yeah, yeah, no. uh, per- peripherally uh, uh, the Steelers were going to go all the way they were going to be undefeated and all of a sudden they're out of it and, and they're losing losing a couple games or several games in a row uh, was that all due to injuries or were they just uh, doing better than they should have been doing in the first half of the season I am completely 100% in the favor of they were doing better than they should have been uh, the Steelers offense was putrid the worst rushing attack in football no injuries there I know James Carter, uh, James Conner did miss a couple of football games but uh, no the, the offense was putrid they couldn't move the football unless they went five wide uh, which is a really tricky way to play because you don't have that backup in the running back uh, uh, blocking for you or rushing the rushing or even uh, giving the, the uh, impression that you're gonna rush the, the, uh, the, the other team. So uh, their, their offense was really, really putrid at best. They managed to mirage it with, again, the five-wide system, throwing to five different wide receivers at a time, and they were all pretty good wide receivers, so it tricked uh, the, the defenses to play. But once people figured it out, we watched what happened with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They completely folded. Cool. Now what about Browns Chiefs? You got you got um... 80% Chiefs, Chiefs uh, wiped the floor with the Browns. <laughs> wow. But, uh, 80% the Chiefs wiped the floor with the Browns only because that team is just an absolute juggernaut. Like like you've said, I, I know you don't follow um, sports right now or, or even for a while, but uh, Patrick Mahomes right now is the best quarterback in the National Football League. His arm is an absolute cannon. He can huff the ball 60 yards just throwing his arm forward. Uh, Tyreek Hill is the fastest wide receiver in football, and it's not even close. Travis Kelsey right now is the best tight end in football, and it's not even close. Um, and then the defense, they've got the Honey Badger and they've got Chris Jones, and it's just it's just too much for Cleveland to handle. How do they build that, that uh, um, a winner? For, you know, I know parity and all that in, in the NFL, and, and it's very strange how a team can be down for many years and then uh, all of a sudden, like what you're just describing with the Chiefs, they were not an elite team when last time I was involved in watching the NFL. How do they build that team? Uh, they built the team uh, organically. The way I think a, an NFL team should be built, you, the, the way the cap system works is once five years is up for a quarterback, you've got to pay them pretty much half of your cap, almost half of your cap. I think about 35% of the cap. So you're looking at giving a quarterback anywhere between 35 to $40 million, which is a huge blow to your cap hit right there. You need to fill out the players around your quarterback before you identify that quarterback, and that's what the Chiefs managed to do securing a bunch of different players uh, at different positions that were really good and then finally landing that that franchise quarterback in Patrick Mahomes is what took them over the edge and made them the juggernaut we have today now I've been hearing Pat Mahomes name for for a while now and I, every time I hear it I think the Mets used to have a pitcher named Pat Mahomes any relation because I'm pretty sure that, that I'm pretty sure that's his son <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty pretty cool. Fun. I know uh, Patrick Mahomes' father did play baseball. I'm not entirely sure what team he played for, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he was that good a pitcher. I know he had a lot of promise when the Mets first brought him up, and he was supposed to be really good, but then didn't turn out to be very good. But uh, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised. You know, that's the way it works. Yeah, athletes have sons. They become athletes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so... The line in that game is probably – I don't even know if you're a gambling person or keep keep track of this, but most people who follow football follow lines and stuff. I'm guessing that the Chiefs are heavy favorites. Oh, they are heavy favorites. I don't think anybody is really giving the Browns a chance in this game. So, yeah, the Chiefs are pretty much pegged to win the Super Bowl from the beginning of the season. 
Well, here's the thing. And again, being somebody who's been out of it for a long time, you remember in 2007, the Giants were at at, uh, Thanksgiving Day. I think Mike Francesa, who was on FAN radio, was asked what the Giants' chances of of being in the Super Bowl. And he said, you know what? They can't even tie this their shoelaces straight uh for three straight games uh and nobody gave them any chance at all but winning big games in the playoffs built momentum and so mm-hmm. uh, is there any chance that the the browns are uh feel a boom in confidence and whatever they need from the game that they just won versus, uh, versus the steelers to have a chance against uh, the chiefs I think that's what it's going to take to beat the Chiefs. I think they're going to need that 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 burst of confidence from beating their 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 arch rivals, the Steelers, um, because, like I said, the Chiefs are just they're one play away from breaking the game wide open on you, and they can do that at any point in time. Uh, Baker Mayfield is a very good quarterback, but he is very limited at uh, at a point as well. They're missing their star wide receiver and Odell Beckham Jr., their big play guy. Um, it's going to be a lot of uh, running and short passing for the Browns, and I just don't think they can match the aerial assault that Patrick Mahomes brings with the Kansas City Chiefs office. That's, that's my only issue with Browns. Okay, now closer to home for you, uh, your back door, I guess, <laughs> backyard, I guess, uh, Ravens, uh, Ravens Bills. Ooh, I've got the Baltimore Ravens beating the Buffalo Bills. I, I feel like Lamar's ability at the quarterback position to run the football is second to none. The only quarterback in the National Football League, the only quarterback in NFL history to have two 1,000-yard rushing seasons. The dude's just so dynamic. That defense is lethal. I feel like they're going to limit what the Buffalo Bills can do offensively. I love the Bills. Everybody has been on the Bills. If you watch Talking Sports, you know all about how much people were rooting for the Bills this season. It was prior to the season that they were – it was Bills, Bills mania. But um, I feel like Baltimore is going to – they're going to stop that this Sunday. Is that because of your area? Because most people in Toronto, if they're going to be fans of the NFL at all, are probably going to be Buffalo Bills fans, right? Or is, uh, is that? I'm not entirely sure, to be honest with you. We have listeners uh, worldwide. Uh, in fact, we have more listeners in the States than we do in uh, Toronto or in Canada, to be honest with you. So uh, I feel like a lot of the Bills hype is coming from the States. Wow. Very yeah. cool. You know, uh, it, they've had they're another team that's an enigma. They they have good spurts where they're good consistently for years in a row, and then they suck really yeah. <laughs> for a long time in a row too. It's an enigma how they because I think once you really get to the point where you just suck, it's really hard to to build a good team. And no matter what, the, the deck is stacked against you, I think. Uh, now, the last game to talk about is the Bucks and the Saints. Oh, this is the uh, this is the prime time game that everybody is talking about. Tom Brady versus Drew Brees, the two oldest quarterbacks in the National Football League, going head-to-head against one another. Division rivalry, Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Um it's a tricky one. They played twice during the regular season. The Saints beat them both times. The last time being an absolute stomping. I think it was 38-3. to Brady threw three picks. Um, the Bucks seem like they're hitting on all cylinders right now. It's a, it's a real up-in-the-air thing. I like the Saints. I love their roster. I love Sean Payton. I feel like they're going to do just enough to get over the Bucks for the third time this season. Do, do you, uh, I know it's a, it's still a ways away yet, but uh, do you, do you uh, have a ultimate pick for who you think is going to win the Super Bowl? 
ultimate pick who I think is going to win the Super Bowl. I feel like it would be legendary if Aaron Rodgers managed to do it. Um, I feel like if he can get past the Rams, that's the best defense left in the National Football League, obviously them being number one. If he can get past the Rams, I feel like he has a shot to beat everybody. If not, I think it's going to be Packers and Chiefs. I think Aaron Rodgers takes it, though. Wow. Uh, if somehow Brady did, uh, does it, um, will people be calling for a recount saying it was rigged? Probably, you know, if he, if he gets seven Super Bowls, what, what do you even do at that point? <laughs> right, right. Uh, I mean, at some point you would think he'd get tired of it. I'm bored with winning these things. Right? <laughs> His entire career, he's in a 20-year career. Nine times he's been in the Super Bowl. He's probably like, oh, you guys, you're not even that good anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, is there still a Canadian Football League? Because I, I don't know about this stuff. Is there still one? <laughs> To be completely honest with you, if there is, I, I think there is still a CFL for right now. I don't know how long that's going to happen for just because COVID rocked the CFL. Um, I know there was reports out a couple of months ago that the CFL was looking to the Canadian government for help, and the Canadian government declined that. So I feel like they're hanging on by the skin of their teeth at this point. Well, that's that's rough. But, uh, you know, I, in the States, we don't they, – they never got much coverage anyway. I mean, you, yeah. you'd have to really struggle to, to find it. Now, l let me ask you about your program here. Uh, do you ha have call-ins? Do you, do you have, you know, do people call in live on the show ever? We had a lot of call-ins prior to COVID, back when I was in the booth. Uh, ever since COVID happened, we've been doing the show remotely. Um, so for that reason alone, we haven't really been doing call-ins. We do get a lot of emails in, so a lot of people do feel included in on the show. We read every single email that pops up for us uh, live on the show, and we answer it live on the show by your, uh, by myself, uh, of course, or my co-host Vanna will will answer some emails as well. So, yeah, we do we do a lot of emails and stuff. So, but when you were getting the phone calls, what was your style with that? And the reason I'm asking, I used to be when I was into it, I am a rabid for, uh, sports fan, uh, WFAN here in New York, uh, Mike Francesa and, and Mike and the Mad Dog, and then Mike Francesa on his own. And I know that they, uh, the attitude was anybody who was calling was looking for confrontation. And so they felt like they had to put, it was almost like a sport. Uh, they almost viewed the, the, the talk show host as talking sports uh, uh, as a sport in itself where anybody who came was a rival or and, and the, the option was always put them down or, and, and, and make them submit, that kind of thing. Are you, is it more of a friendly conversation with you? Are you open-minded or is, does it get confrontational and argumentative? Um, it, it depends on the, it depends on what you bring to the table. Uh, if you want to argue, you want to debate, I can do that. If you want to just have a friendly talk about sports, I can do that as well. Uh, I'm open to every opinion. I, I don't dismiss anything. Um, but if, uh, if you want to come, if you want to come into the ring, you, you can come into the ring with Malcolm Roberts. <laughs> I'll debate that, you under the table. <laughs> that's pretty much what Francesca used to say, except he called it the arena. Uh, but yeah. it's the same type of thing. Yeah, I get it. Um, and so I, I think the thing, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, it used to be, uh, sports would, would be a sure way to start an argument or a fight. Uh, now it's more politics and religion and, and sports has become almost a safe escape, even though there's going <laughs> to, going to be some hot tempers and people have definite strong opinions about things um moving on now other sports so what what is your i know football is your main thing what's your second favorite sport 
Uh, it's probably baseball. I love I love Major League Baseball. Played Major League, uh, not baseball growing up as a kid. Uh, a lot of shortstop. Um, so that was really fun. And then after that, I would say basketball. Okay, so let's start with baseball. Who's your team in baseball? The Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, for for this year or coming uh, for next season coming up, uh, what what do you think is uh, you know where, where, who's the strong who's strong who's not strong uh, division wise team wise whatever you whatever you want to take it from. Uh, there are a lot of good teams. Baseball is one of those weird sports where you can be good one year and terrible another year. Um, the Dodgers obviously won the the World Series. I, I think they can repeat. I feel like a lot of their pieces are coming back. Uh, I think they re-signed Mrs. Betts. I know the Mets traded for Francisco Lindor. I think they're pushing for a title as well. Uh, not, I think the Padres are, are pushing for a title as well. Uh, they're, they're gearing up. They traded for a couple of uh, key names from the, uh, the Cleveland team, I believe. If my memory serves me correctly. The Yankees are always going to be uh, uh, one home run away from being a dynasty again. Um, the uh, I think the Red Sox are going to be terrible, so that that division is going to be up in the air. I feel like the Jays and the uh, 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 Yankees are going to reign supreme in that division. I think the uh, the Rays traded away Blake Snell, which is a big big no no in my books. Uh, he's part of the reason why they even got to the World Series, so uh, that that's going to hinder them uh, pretty significantly, in my personal opinion. Um, but I think I think it's I think it's the Dodgers and then everybody else. To be honest with you, yeah. Um... Did, do you think, uh, in some way, uh, the Houston Astros got off uh, the hook for whatever whatever happened the year before because of COVID? Like people almost forgot about it because of everything that happened with with COVID nineteen. One hundred and ten percent. One hundred and ten percent. I feel like had COVID not happened, there would have been a big. It would have been a lot bigger. Uh, especially if you haven't heard what happened with the Houston Astros, they caught, they were caught cheating, uh, cheating themselves to a world series. And of course, a couple of players cheating themselves to, uh, uh, singular, uh, accomplishments. I think Jose Altuve stole an MVP award and he stole an all-star appearance. Um, obviously because they were using a uh, sign stealing signaling. Um, so yeah, I feel like they got off pretty easily this season due to COVID-19, especially with the whole lockdown and everything. Uh, starting and stopping of games, so yeah, the, the Astros got off pretty lucky. But hasn't sign stealing really been part of the game since it, since it began? I mean, they, they perfected it and used technology in in ways that uh, people hadn't done before. Maybe, maybe, uh, but hasn't hasn't it always been part of the the game? And because uh, that part that that that's what confuses me because I know cheating has always been part of baseball. It's kind of the, uh, it's kind of the unwritten, uh, whatever you could get away with, you get away with. Right. Um, I guess the big thing about the sign stealing was that they had an unfair advantage of they could, they had a way of doing it, which only they could replicate. They were using their, uh, I think their monitor board to, to see into the dugout so that they could literally get uh, visual cues from everything. And then they were using trash cans and stuff to signify what was coming for their, 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 uh, their hitters and all that stuff. So they went to the extremes of the, uh, the, the word cheating. So, so they did yeah. it too good. That, that's all- too good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it is what it is, but, and I've never been an Astro fan, but uh, I just, it, it, 
it always surprises me that baseball, whenever uh, anybody gets caught cheating in any way, like I go back to the Pine Tar game uh, and Brett, uh, uh, what's his name, Brett, uh, okay, George Brett was mm. was was taken and he lost a home run because they measured the Pine Tar on his bat on his half, bat, yeah. <laughs> half inch too high. It's like, really, how does that help him hit a home run? But whatever, yeah. you know, and that was a big scandal in the day and, you know, you know, what was what it is. So, uh, baseball is always full of those. Now, are the the special rules that they put in for COVID is that going to continue over the next? You know, I, I, I believe so. I believe that everybody is gearing up for another full season of COVID nineteen. I know that um, the uh, major. I know Major League Baseball is trying to go for one hundred and sixty two games this season. Um, I think they're going to implement stricter rules. I don't know if Major League Baseball is going into a bubble. I feel like that's the only way that they can truly accomplish this with uh, minimal to no COVID-19 uh, cases. I think no COVID-19 cases is a bit stretching it because there's just so many people to manage in Major League Baseball. But um, I think those those measures are coming back, yeah. What do you think of those rules, though? Do you like them? Are, are you in favor of those? Because I don't – I mean, the one where you put a guy on second base in, in the late innings or whatever, extra innings or whatever it is, that, that bothers me. As a, as a purist, I hate that. What What is your – uh, take on. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not huge on that. I I like the, the game uh, clean the way I learned it, the 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 way I grew up playing it, the way I grew up watching it, uh, clean baseball, uh, all that sort of stuff. So I'm not really with those rules. Um, but the 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 restrictions and stuff for COVID and limiting the interaction with stuff, I'm okay with that. That's my only thing. Yeah. So do you think once COVID is gone, they will eliminate those? I think so. I think so, and I'm hoping so. I hope so, too. I mean, because I'm at the point, you know, as, I don't know if you're aware of this, but and you probably are since you know about every sport, but the, the Mets have new ownership now, and the reason I kind of boycotted it uh, for as long, and why I boycotted all sports was because the Mets choked two years in a row. I'll give you a, a perfect why I why I lost my temper and became psychotic and I had to give up sports. In, uh, in 2007, the, the Mets lost. They were uh, ahead all year long and was were expected to win. And then down the stretch in September, Philadelphia beat them. And it came down to the last game of the season, Philadelphia won. And then in 2008, uh, they were t- uh, Mets behind Philadelphia one game. All they needed was uh, to win this last game of the uh, of this series and uh, we're going to be able to force a playoff game against Philadelphia. They had the bases loaded, uh, bottom of the ninth and uh, no uh, no outs, no outs and Philadelphia up by one run. All they had to do was put the ball in play and yeah. and, and score the tying run and hopefully the winning run. And all three guys, uh, Ryan Church, uh, David Wright, and I forget who the other one was, came up swinging for the fences like they were going for a grand slam and like not even looking to put the ball in play. And I I, I lost my mind. I just uh, and I punched my television and <laughs> I put it out to the curb and said, "This is it. I'm never watching it until." Jeff uh, Wilpon and and, and uh, Fred Wilpon sell a team. So now they sell the team. So now I'm yeah. ready to go back. But now they put in, first of all, COVID screwed me up, so I can't go back. But the, all these rules would really turn me off to the game completely because I am a purist, and I, I don't even like the DH. Um, yeah, so. me neither. <laughs> I'm a huge component of getting rid of the DH. I, I No, the American League needs to catch up with the time. Yeah, that'll never happen, though, because it's about money, you know. It's, yeah. it's about uh, – All about uh, offense. All about offense. Right, right. And that, you know, I think most uh, – you see – 
uh, especially women. Women are good, can be big fans of the NFL, but when it comes to baseball, they tend to uh, get bored pretty easily because of the pace of the game. And I think if you took the DH out of it, it would be you'd see you'd lose even more women for for that. Yeah. Uh, be lower throwing games a lot, a lot. Yeah, it'd be a lot slower. So, the uh, NBA now, uh, I as I mentioned, I you know I'm a New York guy, and in New York, uh, you know people hate uh, Dolan for for a lot of reasons for many years, and I used to work for him, so I I have other reasons to hate him. But this year, the um, expectations for the Knicks, at least from where I hear and the buzz I hear, the expectations were extremely high for this season for the Knicks. Uh, can can you? What is your take on that? Do they have a chance? No, no. <laughs> Sorry to burst the bubble. Uh, the Knicks have no chance. Uh, I don't even know if they can make the playoffs, really. Um, the hype that comes from the Knicks, I don't know where that would come from. Uh, they haven't signed anybody notable since the team pretty much was sold to James Dolan. Um, the, the, yeah, I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea where that hype comes from. <laughs> So what? Who's who? I know. Uh, you know. Of course, the Celtics are probably up there, right? Who? Who's a? Who's a good? Uh, who's the team to watch in the NBA? Uh, well, I think the Lakers are poised to take a, to to repeat for a championship. LeBron James is still the best player in basketball. That's not even a discussion. The only discussion is who's his? Uh, who's the second best player in basketball right now? I think that's Anthony Davis. While uh, Kevin Durant starts to uh, reintegrate himself to basketball life, coming back from that injury, um, so yeah, I like the Lakers to do that. Uh, I got some sleeper teams though. I like the Hawks. Uh, I like what they're doing down there in Atlanta with Trey Young, uh, James Collin. That team is really, really young. They're really, really fast. They love shooting the basketball. Um, I feel like they're going to score a lot of points. The question is, can they defend? Uh, Phoenix is another team I'm watching. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. That's going to be a special trio doing really well right now. I think they're second in the Western Conference, if not third, perhaps, behind the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, they're a team that's poised to do some big things in the near future. Uh, and then my final sleeper team, I feel like, is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. I know a lot of people have written them off, but I love Giannis. Giannis is a dominant player. He's a dominant defensive player, and he's a, he's a two-time MVP. So the Milwaukee Bucks are, are, are my final sleeper team. So I, I noticed you didn't mention the Rap Raptors there at all. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, just because of the area you're in, uh, I would think that at least you'd get, have a uh, opinion on them. What's with them? <laughs> uh, the Raptors. Uh, uh, the Raptors two seasons ago were NBA World Champions. Uh, congratulations to that 2019 squad. Kawhi Leonard helped uh, bring a championship, the first championship to Canada for the NBA. Um, now the Raptors team is a very different team. Um, we're looking like we're going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. I peg them to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. They just lost too many pieces to a championship team um, that just weren't really addressed. And uh, I feel like that's going to hurt us for a while. Right. Uh, what is the um, mood in Canada for NBA basketball? Is it, is, is it a big sport up there? Is there a lot of interest in the NBA in Canada? There is, there is, there is growing interest. The Raptors have grown a, a, a following. Uh, I feel like it originated back in 2012, 2013, when Masai Ujiri was brought in as the uh, president of basketball operations. He kind of brought a, a certain swagger to the Raptors and made them feel like 
we're actually going to compete. We're not, we're not just going to be a team in the NBA. We're going to compete for championships. We're going to compete to be one of the best teams in the league. Um, and ever since then, there was a, a growing feel that we were, we were just a couple pieces away. We're a couple pieces away. We're a couple pieces away. And then finally in 2019, we broke through that glass ceiling and won our first championship. So I think that was the, uh, the epitome of the fan interest uh, in uh, Toronto, in Canada. If you watch the news while the Raptors were in the finals, you could just see the sea of people that would celebrate and, and, and go down to Jurassic Park, which is now what it's called, um, the downtown area where the Raptors play, and literally just stand outside to watch the, the game just to be a part of that atmosphere. Wow. So is there a Canadian Basketball Association? No, there is not. not. <laughs> I, I never heard of one. Last time, uh, and, and I, I never paid attention to him, but when I was working for Jim Dolan as part of a company he owned down here called uh, uh, Cablevision, when he first uh, bought the Knicks in Madison Square Garden, that's when the WNBA was forming. Now, I haven't followed it. I did a couple of games. I would video coverage. I was a cameraman on a couple of games in the beginning. I think Reggie Miller's sister was, was a star in the league or something. Mm -hmm. uh, is the WNBA still viable? Is it still around? Do people pay attention to it? Does anybody care about it? <laughs> um, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like people are starting to care a little bit more about it. Um, I know that uh, the late great Kobe Bean Bryant, God rest his soul, uh, he was a huge advocate for, for women's sports, predominantly the WNBA. Uh, he did have, uh, well, he Again, of course, Kobe Bryant is no longer with us, but and his daughter Gianna is no longer with us. But uh, he had such huge visions for her being a star in the WNBA and playing basketball the way he played it in the WNBA because she loved her father. She loved the way he played basketball. She just overall loved basketball. I feel like he was a huge advocate for that, and people started to gain some interest into the WNBA. I feel like it's a up-and-coming one, and it, it's just a couple years away from really breaking through. Uh, who's the who's the best basketball player of all time? Oh, <laughs> you're trying to get me to get some hate mail. Well, uh, that's a big controversial question because it used to be a no-brainer, Michael Jordan. Be, even before then, you know, Oscar Peterson, whatever. Uh, but it's always changing. And then I, because you brought up Kobe, he was in there, uh, and and so now, uh, you know, the the guy you just mentioned out in L.A., uh, he he's he's got a a chance in being considered that. Who is it? <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, if you're, if you're asking me legitimately, and this is me watching LeBron James from the beginning and watching Michael Jordan, of course, um, I wasn't uh, old enough or I wasn't even alive at the time when Michael Jordan really played his best basketball. Uh, but I have watched a lot of his tape. I do know his resume. I know it back and front. Um, and I have to give the edge to LeBron James just from his body of work, the things he was able to do, uh, the ability to make others around you better. I feel like from a talent standpoint, LeBron James is the greatest basketball player we will ever see. I don't think that that will ever change. Um, I feel like the way his mind works on a basketball court is just different from everybody else's. Um, I love Michael. I love what he did. Six championships and six tries that's absolutely amazing that may never be done again but lebron james's ability to dictate pace of play and carry a team I, i've never seen him before uh, obviously if you were too young to to experience michael jordan you never experienced will chamberlain uh there, there when will chamberlain first came on the scene it, it was as, as if somebody from another planet had just taken over and there were no yeah. humans that could compete with him. So, you know, I, it, I understand how you feel about LeBron, uh, but at, at 
the, I've seen where you, you look at somebody like that and you say, they'll never be anybody better than that. I mean, that guy is off the charts so much better yeah. than everybody else. And then time passes and then another and then one comes along. Comes so, yeah. yeah. Uh, how old is LeBron now? Because he, I know he came into the league. He was just a kid. He was a high school kid, right? He didn't even go to college. Yeah. How old is he now? Is he getting to the point where he's almost ready to retire or not? Uh, I personally think so. My brother, uh, we were actually having this debate a couple of days ago. My brother seems to think he'll play well into his 40s. I don't know if he's, he's going to do that. He's kind of basing it off of what Tom Brady's doing in the National Football League. Uh, LeBron, I think he just turned either 35 or 36. So I think he's approaching the end of his career in the NBA. I feel like he's ready to transition into movies and stuff uh, in L.A. That's why he went to the Lakers, and he just managed to bring a championship to the Lakers as well. I feel like one more championship, and I feel like both the, the GOAT debate and his career will be close. Right. It seems like he's been around forever, but because he came in so young, he's still a young man. I, I consider 35 or 36 a very young man being, uh, for having my vantage point looking back at it. But, uh, I, I, yeah, I know in basketball that's considered pretty old. Uh, yeah. um, but, you know, I look at, I want to call him freaks in nature, like uh, Nolan Ryan, who in baseball was getting better when people uh, generally uh, are shot, completely shot by the time they turn 40. And 40, he was just starting to peak. Uh, So um, has uh, LeBron lost any of his skills at all? No. No. No, no, not even a little bit. And that's the scary part. The guy is 35 years old. He looks better than he did when he was 18 years old. He plays better than he did when he was 18 years old. Like I said, the dude's an anomaly. I I don't think anybody will ever be LeBron James. Because like you just said with Nolan Ryan, Ryan, um, he's getting better with age. He's like, fine line. He's just getting better with age. How did they do that? I don't know. I don't. I don't get that. Is it? There's something. Do you think it's genetics? Do you think it's hard work? What? What is it? <laughs> oh, you locked up. Oh, I think I lost you, Malcolm. Oh, damn. Well, folks, <laughs> this has been going on a lot. I think it's a Wi-Fi issue. Hopefully, Mal- Malcolm will be back. Oh, there he is. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so, do, do you think it? Uh, what do you think? What do you attribute? To, is it? Is it just pure hard work, work ethic? Is it uh, natural talent and ability, like genetics? What What makes uh, a special athlete like that? I think it's a combination of all of that. I feel like um, a special athlete. You have to be first off, uh, and I, I want to give LeBron James his props. You have to be genetically superior to, uh, uh, I guess, everybody else you're going up against. And to his credit, he is. And it's by hard work. It's by determination. It's by his willingness to be in the gym constantly. And not to mention, it's the way he takes care of his body. Now, I know a lot of NBA players, they get some money. They're just like, you know what? I get to eat whatever I want. I'm going to go out to restaurants, do all that stuff. LeBron, he's completely different. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go spend some money on a hyperbaric chamber so that when I get home from basketball games, I can rest the proper way so that my body ages better than a lot of other players. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I know he had uh, come under fire from in from some idiots on Twitter about some money he uh, donated to some cause or something like that, and I don't really pay attention to it. But do you know what that was about? Do you, does that ring a bell to you at all? 
Um, I know he has various places where he donates money to. I think a lot of it had to do with the, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement um, and the, the stuff with Breonna Taylor and, and of course, George Floyd. Uh, I feel like a lot of people uh, went under fire with him for that sort of stuff. And not to mention, I feel like he has some uh, some other stuff with um, companies uh, that develop his shoes and stuff. I, I feel like there's, I, I read some articles about that as well. Uh, but yeah, LeBron James is a very controversial athlete, and people like to to, to get on him about certain things. Yeah, that, you know, and I totally support him d- donating money to Black Lives Matter and all that kind of stuff, or whatever, he, however you need to support it. I think they're, you know, it's it's really t- way past time to get uh, get right about those things, and and you know, the political stuff that plays into sports again. That's the kind of stuff that like. Lights things on fire that shouldn't be. I mean, so, stuff like that should not be a political uh, discussion. It should just be a so, common sense, yes, do the right thing discussion. And uh, good for him. I'm glad that if that's what if that's what people were pissed at him about, that's a good thing to have people pissed at you about. Uh, uh, so. I, I, we are kind of running out of time, so I don't even want to talk about the NHL. You know, the NHL always gets the shit end of the stick. I'm sorry, uh, but I want to talk. About, I want to talk about you. Were you when you growing up, did were you uh, did you have aspirations to be a radio guy, or, or did you want to play sports? I mean, what what brought you to where you are now and what you're doing now? Um, to be honest with you, as a kid, I wanted to be a professional wrestler. <laughs> Um, I had huge aspirations of being in the WWE. Unfortunately, I allowed somebody to talk me out of those dreams. So my platform then became, I want to spread, uh, follow your dreams, whatever that may be, wherever that may be, follow your dreams, do that thing that makes you happy. So I started to focus on that. Um, I, I fell in love with sports. I felt like it was a release, something to get me active, keep me going, the competition competition that drove me uh and then somewhere along the line i found acting fell in love with that was like this is something i really want to do i find like i feel like i can have a career in the acting business especially how uh closely connected it is to professional wrestling of course it being entertainment as well and then somewhere down the line i found gary and uh he was like hey man you you do this acting thing i I think you could be pretty good in radio well i love talking about sports so the rest became history Pretty cool. Well, tell Gary he still owes me a promo. He, he was going to be doing a promo for this show, uh, and, and he he never sent it to me. So I'm still waiting. I'm still holding my breath on that. Uh, and uh, so, so you uh, you weren't you were you a big sports talk radio listener growing up, or uh, and and do you have do you get FAN WFAN is it syndicated up there? Because I think it's one of the big, still one of the biggest sports talk radio stations around. Do you get that up there? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, me being a millennial, I found YouTube, and uh, I finally I find all my sports stuff up on YouTube. So I'm looking at ESPN First Take, uh, Undisputed, uh, Fox Network, all that sort of stuff, and I'm just listening to those guys talk. Right. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I should have I should have guessed that because nobody actually listens to any real terrestrial radio anymore. Radio is all internet, satellite, all that kind of stuff. When I uh, I think it was 1986 when WFAN, and there were no sports talk, all radio, all sports talk radio uh, stations around, and they were the first, and they they were trying that, and everybody laughed at it and thought, well, that's a ridiculous idea. Who's going to listen to sports talk on the radio 24-7? And then it was uh, huge. Every city had its own yep. sports talk radio station, and the FAM was syndicated everywhere. And so now... Uh, 
is there a lot of competition for that in the internet uh, or podcasting world or any of that kind of stuff? Uh, sports. Talk? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. I feel like everybody who watches sports uh, and somewhat understands it and, and talks about it to some degree, uh, either as a podcast or is up on YouTube and they're doing their own thing, whether they're talking about a singular team or a singular sport, or they're talking about uh, uh, all sports. Is what what I'm trying to do. Um, yeah, I feel like it's a very competitive feel. I feel like everybody who who even understands sports remotely wants to talk about it and wants to debate it. Like you said, it used to be a very uh, it used to be a way to start a fight, and I feel like now that it's become more of a friendly view, a lot of people are more interested in debating about sports. Gotcha. Uh, are you at all interested in the game? Uh, you know, the sports that I consider sleepers uh i mean i love golf but watching it on tv and i can watch it on tv in the middle of the winter just because it looks warm but uh, uh it's pretty boring and golf and tennis are are uh stuff i could never really really get behind do you are do you follow that stuff at all um i follow golf uh not as much as uh, uh i used to but um i follow golf uh mediocrely at this point um i'm, I'm sticking more to the heavy team sports right now uh, I do follow tennis as well, especially while our uh, our Canadians were doing very, very good uh, in that field. Um, but, uh, yeah, the singular sports, I, I have my eye on. Uh, there isn't too much to report on, but I'm definitely keeping track of them. Uh, I enjoy playing them. I, I do enjoy playing them. Yeah, golf is fun to play. It's definitely it's great to play, especially on a summer uh, day when you want to be out there in nature. It's great. Now, uh, uh, I know we're, at, we're, we're up on time here, but a couple more questions I have for you. Now, being that you have a, an international audience, <laughs> are you up on sports like rugby and cricket? <laughs> um, we, we talk about it to a certain extent. I kind of go off what my fans uh, write in about. So they're very, very interactive in the show. So if you want us to talk about cricket or rugby, uh, you just send us an email in. And you know what? Malcolm will be on his uh, due diligence and doing his research and getting that information for you guys. I don't know anything about those games. And one of the, I bring this up because one of my sponsors, mybookie.com, I, I read this copy all the time. Sports such as KBO, rugby, and cricket. And I, it took me forever to figure out what KBO was. And I was like, what? What is like kickboxing organization? What the hell is KBO? And then somebody enlightened me, Korean baseball organization. Now, I get I. <laughs> I guess when Major League Baseball was was a little slower at the beginning of with the COVID stuff, uh, people were turning to Korean baseball organization. Did you follow any of that? I, I followed the information. I didn't watch any of the games particularly um, during the uh, whole COVID stuff. It was it was real taxing on us because we were trying to figure out ways to keep the show going, especially while sports were happening. So uh, at the time, we weren't really watching anything uh, along those lines because everybody was really focused in on what's happening in the NBA, what's happening in the National Football League, what's going to transpire with Major League Baseball. The four big ones is what everybody's concern was. So that's where I, I prioritized. Yeah, so the ones that make the big money. So like stuff like yeah. – and, and you know what? I, I don't want to say that these other sports – because I was going to ask you about extreme sports and do they have a future in um, – the entertainment part of sports, you know, the big mass mass appeal. Do you think any of those extreme sports will ever like match? Uh, obviously, football is a long way to go, but and, you know, even base, baseball with the imagine of uh, with, with the amount of attention and all that kind of stuff. No, no I don't. I don't see them being able to to catch any of the four major sports. I feel like, to be honest with you, it's really a sport of three. 
uh, basketball, baseball, and football really hold a stranglehold over the, the sporting world. Soccer, of course, is big in, in Europe uh, uh, and over on, on, on that side of the world. But uh, it's starting to make its way over here. People do love soccer. But a lot of people, I feel, it's, very, it's the most controversial sport in the world due to the fact that everybody thinks it's rigged. Um, so that becomes a little tricky. But uh, I think the, the big four are pretty well established as being the big four for the foreseeable future. Everybody thinks it's rigged? Is that what you Yeah, said? Uh, that's what I'm being told. Everyone, everyone thinks the soccer is rigged. And I'm like, I... I First time I heard that, it would be really surprising to me because only based on the amount of tempers I see from the guys who are re- willing to like kill each other uh, over over the way things go on the field, the athletes fighting with each other. It would be hard for me to believe that it was rigged, but I don't follow that sport much either. You know, I did when you know we had kids, you know, the kids were playing soccer and all that, but uh, as professional soccer, I've never followed it at all. And, and the only thing I know is those dumb repeats highlight films where the guy's just yelling goal forever um <laughs> uh so yeah but i do think you know millennials uh definitely are big on the extreme sports but i don't think it will ever have the tv kind of or, or attention or, or any of that stuff now the one thing i have to say you you mentioned the big three um being a, a Canada guy and not putting hockey in in there, uh, you must be walk the streets a little nervously up in Canada, not not giving uh, hockey the kind of respect that. They- <laughs> <laughs> no, you're definitely right. Uh, um, Canada is huge for hockey. Everybody loves their hockey down here. Uh, I, I um, when I'm driving around, I see people on their skates. Even in my own neighborhood, everybody's got their hockey, uh, their nets out. They're they're shooting the puck around. Uh, it's huge here, but I don't. I think that's the extent of it. Uh, worldwide, it doesn't really touch. It doesn't tickle everybody's fancy, so that's where it, yeah. it's limited there. In New York, it's always been big, and it was big when it was just the Rangers, and then when the Islanders came on board, and there was an uh, a rivalry. So it's it's been big in the New York metro area for a, a long time, and of course, uh, ninety four when the Rangers finally won the cup after fifty years, it was it was used. But uh, again, I haven't followed that in a real long time either. So, uh, well, it's been great uh, yeah. getting getting. Uh, some information out of you and learning about what you do. And uh, as I say, I'm, I'm ready to dip my toe back in the water of sports. I got I know myself though. And I think, I think <laughs> I've said this a lot and, you know, a lot of people, uh, take sports too far and get too involved in it and let it ruin their lives. Like if my team didn't win, I, I would have let it affect me for, uh, for days and just be in a bad mood because my team didn't win, me which too. is why I walked away with, well, I think that we have to learn to, that's why I say I'm going to dip my toe back in the water and see if I can control myself and not let it control me. That's the key to it all. That's the key to it all. If you get invested right. with your team, but, but you, you know, you draw that line and be like, okay, they lost. Right. But. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, th- thank you, Malcolm, for coming on the program and, and sharing this stuff with me. Say hello to Gary, and I wish you continued success. And again, the, the name of the show is Talking Sports. The host is Malcolm Roberts, and uh, it's on www.realityradio101.com every Tuesday night from 9.30 p.m. till 10.30 p.m. And the website that is being constructed right now is uh, talking-sports.com.
I think we got to yeah. cover it all, right? Uh, and that yeah. link will be in the description as well. So uh, I do appreciate your time and, and insight here, and, and thanks for an uh, uh, insightful hour, and I wish you great success, and thanks for coming. Bye for now. Thank you so much for having me. I, I hope you uh, all the same, please. Okay, bye. Malcolm Roberts from uh, Reality Radio 101, and the show is called Talking Sports. It's Tuesday nights, 9.30 p.m. till 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, uh, as he's in Toronto, Canada, or as we like to say, Toronto. Uh, he's in Toronto, Canada. Uh, anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed this program. I hope you liked it. I hope you come back, tell your friends about it, and have them come back. And uh, go to my YouTube channel and subscribe, and go to MindDogTV.com and get on my mailing list. All this. Uh, I do appreciate you coming by. Tomorrow at 1 p.m., I'll have uh, Jerry Barmash uh, from Here Now the News podcast, and we're going to be talking politics, uh, wrapping up this insanity that's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. That's 1 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. Till then, I'm Matt Napper from the Mind Dog TV podcast. Thanks for coming. Have a great night, and bye for now. I'm a lucky guy, no matter what the game. This takes a high, this takes a low. To me, it's all the same. I lay my money down, and sure enough, I'm good to go. I give the wheel a spin, I roll the dice, and then I bet the ranch on games a chance and every time I win And when I'm at the track I got it covered win place and show Call me.